0: Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show.
1: You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Catherine Taylor.
2: Hey, Catherine, how are you? Why are you laughing at me?
1: (laughs) I'm good. We just finished our live podcast recording, but I forgot to stop recording. So now our poor producers have to listen to like us
2: chit-chatting for
1: like 10 minutes.
2: Well, they get to meet Hazel.
1: They do get to meet Hazel. She came on after the live podcast recording.
2: That was really fun.
1: It was really fun. I haven't looked at the Facebook page yet but we had Claire on helping monitor it and she said we had a lot of comments so yeah, thanks that's good. thanks to everybody that uh, joined us live on Facebook and if you're like what are you talking about we recorded this podcast live on Facebook but it's coming out in the regular feed but if there's something you're like why do they keep talking about like look at this you can go to the Facebook page um, watch the
2: watch the show and tell part
1: watch the show and tell part yeah so.
2: It was pretty fun. It was pretty that was fun. really fun. A good way to end 2020. Like, I know. Is. This is our last
1: podcast of 2020. Can you
2: believe it? I can't believe, no. Mm-mm. There's a lot I can't believe about 2020, so. <laughs> I yeah.
1: was thinking about, it seems like so long ago that we first talked about.
2: It feels like it was forever ago. And then at the same time, it's one of those things that also feels like it was yesterday. I'm like, how are we already here?
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, we've recorded a lot of these throughout the year. It's been super fun, so.
1: Here's what I've learned about the broader gravel community this year, which you already knew because of your history Mm and what is now Unbound, but having been more regional in gravel, is the women's gravel community is so generous. Yeah. And they just, everybody so wants to help people to give to bring new people in and they're so generous with their time so
2: that's yeah uh, yeah. I agree I mean that's like that's what I want the most it's just more women on bikes
1: yeah and we've just like seen it all year you know Laura who we had Laura and Rachel Laura King and Rachel Cone on today but Laura organized this whole summer DIY series and Rachel was a part of it and (laughs) They'll text me ideas after their bike rides sometimes, of things we should right. do. So yeah,
2: I love it. Well, and this was super fun because we are in that time of year um, with the winter riding, um, and you know, obviously, there's no shame in hy- hopping on your bike trainer, but there's also, you know, there's also some fun in trying to get out there and brave the elements. So yeah, it's a, it's I'm a cool one to talk. A little about.
1: more motivated to try to get out and brave the elements
2: you gotta, You. it's the worst part is like the first 10 minutes yeah. and then it's fine. Yeah.
1: I did tell, cause Laura was making fun of me. Cause she had put, this is this whole thing came about, cause she put this post on Instagram of like, would you write in this? And everybody said yes. And I said no. And so she texted me. She's like, you're the only one that said no. Um, But I think I just have like a little bit of trauma from, So I started riding, I did my first triathlon and then I signed up for an Ironman and it was this whole team of people that were doing our very first Ironman with team and training. We were all terrified to miss a workout and we started training, um, probably now looking back, I'm like, this was way too early to start training, but we started training like at the beginning of the year, like our long base miles. And it was so cold that winter. Like it was the winter that we got the city was shut down for real snow not like a half inch snow but like we had probably 2 feet of snow for a week and it just didn't go away and it was just like brutally cold in the 30s i know that some people wouldn't say that was that's that cold no that's cold especially on a bike that's cold yeah that's cold um and it gets it's you know can get windy. so i just have a lot of trump and i wasn't prepared because i was so new to riding that i just i there were too many rides and i was just either way underdressed or way overdressed and then didn't have the right layers
2: mm-hmm.
1: underneath. So I think I, after I did that Ironman and then I was like, well, then we had like, I think 47 days that summer where the temperature was over hundred. So now I'm like, I don't ride when it's too hot or when it's too cold, It like ruined me. Um, but I think like this year I'm seeing even more how much I need to be outside for my mood, no matter what the weather mm-hmm. yeah. is like. Um, yeah. and you know, like writing is one of the things that I feel safe meeting a couple of friends that I aren't in my normal circle to do. So I'm a, I'm a little more inspired. Good. Which writing. Although uh, we had Claire on, she was helping monitor stuff and she's a lot of times my ride buddy. And she was like, I'm not coming when it's cold. <laughs> was <just> like
2: Crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay though. Like I, it's, it took me a long time to get there. And honestly, if I'm being a hundred percent honest the reason I got there was because of working the unbound gravel camps. Yeah. You know, it just kept being cold at them. And I, so I just had to, you know, it's 20 degrees, 28 degrees sometimes at those camps. And it was just like, I love being part of the camps. Like I love being a coach and being out there and helping people. So it was like, if I'm going to do this, I got to invest in the clothes. And, um, once I did that, I was like, wow. Okay. This this makes a total, it's a total game changer. And then, you know, the, the tip I give about bringing the big saddle, you know, the extra big saddle bag. The reason I had that was because I did that as a, as a coach and a guide, um, people always give me their stuff to carry. (laughs) So I had it, not for me. Like I had it and I was like, Oh, this is great. I can peel the layers off and put them in there. Um, and then I can start off where I am comfortable because, of course, I'd always get I'd show people be like, "You are way overdressed." I'm like, "No, I'm actually not. Yeah. I'm this is how I need to start. If you if I'm gonna go out on this ride, I need to start off like this and let myself get warmed up, and then I'll shed the later layers. Versus starting off like shivering, freezing cold that I don't even want to go. So yeah. I'm I, you know I do it probably opposite of other people, but it's it's a way that's worked for me, and I can ride and you know I'll go ride in the winter now because of that. So anyway. Lots of good tips in this one. Yeah. Well, um, before we get to it, what are you going to do for the holidays? Um, I don't know yet. I'm sure it's going to be the (laughs) same. It's COVID Christmas. It's COVID Christmas. We had COVID Thanksgiving. Mason texted me. and He's like, what do you want? And I'm like, I want a game night, a family game night. Like that's what I don't want a gift. I want just like Sydney and I like to play games. Mason and Tim are always hesitant. And I'm like, What I want for Christmas is for us to play family games, you know, dominoes, whatever. I don't care. Just around the dining room table, drink some drinks, eat some food, play games. That's really fun. That's what I want. How about you? I am
1: actually um, going to see my brother and sister-in-law and niece for Christmas. So um, I will see how this goes. I keep asking him, should I still come? He works in the ER. Mm -hmm. he's like, yes. So I've not been, I've had a boring few weeks. I've been staying away from everybody and I'm flying out there on Tuesday. So I get ahead of the crowds and I flew this summer. I felt really safe flying. I'm just a little more worried about like holiday crowds flying. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm kind of going, um, early Tuesday will be the 15th. So we're recording this really early for the Mm -hmm. 22nd drop. So but I'm so excited to see her and I like and Christmas. With her. To see you
2: too, so. Yeah. It's
1: for me, you know, like it was a little bit of a mental thing. Like I'm single and um, I just haven't been able to see my group of friends as much. Cause we've been really careful with our families. Um, and I was like, I just kind of, I don't, I don't know if I'll be mentally doing well over the holidays if I don't like have this though. So, yeah. um, you know, So that's what I'm doing. I'm going out to um, Washington state and they're pretty locked down, but we're just going to like do some hiking and yeah, we're going to go see some reindeer.
2: Actually, the day this comes out, we're going to see reindeer. Perfect. I'll look forward (laughs) to hearing about your reindeer visit in January.
1: Yeah. When we come back. (laughs) So, so yeah, we'll be taking two weeks off of the podcast and coming back. I believe it's the 12th of January.
2: That sounds like what you told me, but I'm I'm going to worry about that on like the 10th of January. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have to worry about it. I know we'll have to worry
2: about it before that, but you know MMA what I'm team. saying is like, yeah, I'll worry about it when we get closer yeah. to it. So, yeah.
1: yeah, well, I do. I want to give a huge thank you uh, before we go to our show today, because we do have a longer show, but one to you, Christy, oh. for all of your work with this. And answering the phone when I was like, Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me? And just saying yes immediately. Um, but also our team at live feisty media and our podcast editors and produce, like they go through and do an edit, then they have a quality control. Then they do the show notes and the graphics. So there's a lot that happens after we hit, you know, finish hitting record. And so they've been so fantastic and so for us. And so I just want to say a, Big, huge. Thank you to live feisty media, follow them on social media. They do all kinds of things with women in the endurance space. I couldn't
2: agree more. It's been, it's been a great year. I think super helpful. Yep. Well, let's stop talking and get them to this podcast. All right. Hey, Catherine, I'm so excited that gooders come on as one of our sponsors. I know we
1: love Gooder sunglasses because they come in so many fun colors and sassy fun names like I got Lance's Afternoon Uppers and I got
2: Rosé before Brose. (laughs) (laughs) they
1: They're really fun and they're also performance sunglasses so they're no slip, no bounce and polarized.
2: They start at a ridiculously low price of $25 a pair
1: (laughs) which means that Gooder is generously offering our listeners
2: nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all.
1: You do not need a discount when you already have the most affordable performance shades on the planet.
2: So go to gooder.com slash feisty and that's g-o-o-d-r dot com slash feisty now. These glasses even look good with mud on them. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Christy.
1: You know, we have a new podcast sponsor. Did you get
2: your gear yet? I did. I was so excited. Val Corva showed up the other day and I, um, I'm in love. <laughs> I
1: think I have my new, very favorite shorts, both for working out, walking my dog and like post a long ride.
2: Yeah, totally. That Well, and I got that green. Co- did you get the green? You didn't get the green. I got, I got the green. I got like an eggplant color. They're fantastic. Oh. I'm sorry. My green ones are better than your <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, I really love the fun colors and all the fun patterns. I got really fun pants as well. And I love, this is my favorite thing. They have a pocket. In I know. every pair of pants. So like after a ride, slide them on, put my cell phone in the pocket. It's amazing.
2: Yep. They work perfect. And they're, they are the, the shorts are the right length. My three quarter length tights. They're obviously, they're an awesome link, but they're super fun. I got the black and white stripe and they're, they're really cute. So I'm so stoked and the quality is, uh, yeah, I was stoked.
1: And they're incredibly affordable. I know. We are very excited to have Belcorva as a new sponsor to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. You can go over to belcorva.com to pick up your fun, new
2: tights or shorts. Get the green ones.
1: welcome to the girls gone gravel podcast we are recording live i am Catherine, and i am obviously one of the co-hosts of the podcast and i'm here with christy hello hi christy hi
2: katherine who is in it's, a, it's 32 here today so. 32 it was, in Kansas. yeah it's, it was 28 when i did my run this morning so it was it was cold oh
1: yeah, yeah.
2: and then we
1: of course have laura king and rachel cohen who are in
3: vermont Hi, ladies. Hi there. Hi. Thanks for having us. We're yeah. at 37 currently, but we had a high of 50 today. Oh, and so no snow.
4: Light rain. No snow. No, no, no snow. We kind of went through the rain of the 40s, I think, today. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then you might hear another voice popping in and on and off the podcast we have um, from Atlanta, a friend of mine that's done a lot with uh, some of our projects, Claire Burt. Actually, I don't know how to say your last name, Claire, as I look at it. Did I say that right, Colbert? Or is Colbert, it? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I've only known you for years. Okay, uh, you never have to say my last name. I never have to say your last name. Plus, I screw up everybody's last name on the podcast. Um, but Claire is watching the Facebook page and so looking for comments. Do we have any people commenting, telling us where they're from?
2: Um, we do. There's actually a lot of comments already.
3: Oh, where are people from? Uh, Nova Scotia, where it was 12 degrees
2: Celsius,
3: (laughs) Uh, somewhere in Texas, it was 70-ish, Indiana, another Vermont, Oklahoma, Arkansas, more Vermont.
1: Oh, you've got a fan club in Vermont. Yeah, (laughs) lots of Vermont
0: representation.
1: Well, if you have questions, pop them in the chat. Claire is watching that, so Christine and I can uh, pay attention to the podcast uh, recording and she'll pop in and just say there, these questions or synthesize them. But we also took a list of questions. This was one of the most talked about topics in the Facebook group for the past, I would say four or five weeks.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so we thought this would be a fun way to finish out 2020 um, with cold weather riding. Do you ride in cold weather, Christy?
2: Yes, um, I do. I'm not a huge fan, but um, I've got, you know, over the course of the last, uh, I've been riding bikes for 18 years or so over the course of that 18 years, I've been slowly gathering gear. And so now I have a, a good selection of cold weather riding gear and it has made all the difference. So yeah, I do get out and ride in the cold. Nice. All right.
1: All right. Well, Laura and Rachel, why don't you start just telling us how you know each other and how you ride to get like Laura, we've had you on the podcast a couple of times, but Rachel, you did one of our DIY uh, summer events, but just even a little bit more about, I know you work with some youth programs in Vermont. So yeah, tell us, just give us the little like two minute about Rachel so, so everybody can get to know you.
4: Yeah, sure. Um, So I uh, live here in Vermont, of course. Um, I'm a native Vermonter. So I've lived here my whole life um, and have kind of been a skier and just all around outdoor enthusiast, um, you know, since I was a young kid. Um, I got into cycling um, probably over the past 10 years or so and really started riding gravel like in the last three or four four years and met Laura at a race I think shortly after you intended move to to Vermont or maybe kind of when you were in transit um and I remember um finding Laura on Instagram and seeing that she was moving to a town that's just one town over from where I live so I uh went over and introduced myself after the Vermont Overland um probably in 20 2018 must be and um we exchanged exchange numbers and um, met up to ride, and have been riding together probably every every few days um, for the last few years, uh, and it's just been really wonderful to be able to, um, you know, have a consistent riding partner here that you know lives like ten minutes away, and. Um, Outside of cycling, um, I teach high school uh, social studies. So um, Monday through Friday, I'm in the classroom um, early morning till afternoon. And uh, so we try to sneak rides in in the afternoons um, when we have a little bit more daylight, but for sure on the weekends.
3: I tell that story a lot about Rachel coming over and introducing herself at Vermont Overland because it was just, I, I look back and I think, that was so cool that she just came over and said hello. And um, it was just a, a reminder of how easy it is to, to do that. And I was at that point so eager to meet friends and have riding partners. That was one thing I was actually concerned about when moving to Vermont. Um, so yeah, I, I remember that every time now when I'm with another group of cyclists, just how impactful it can be to introduce yourself to someone um but rachel has been very integral in showing me how to properly transition from california where i lived for seven years to vermont where um to be honest i was very terrified of the cold and moving to i mean that was my my one of my main fears about moving to this state and um her eagerness to ride despite the conditions has, uh, has been really fun too. It's really encouraging and just um, fun to have a partner that is up for anything.
1: That's awesome. Well, tell us, um, just give us kind of your overview of cold weather riding. Like, why do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> and like, what are the temps you'll do it in? You know, kind of like the whole, um, yeah, the big picture of cold weather.
4: (laughs) Sure. Um, I can start by just, I mean, the first part of your question, like, I just want to extend the riding season generally by, like, September or October. um, You know, my riding reduces because um, I can log a lot of miles during the summer, but not so many once um, school begins again. But just having the ability to get out and and, um, have the routine of fresh air and moving my body in a way that feels really good um, is so integral to um, my mental health and my, my social life um, come fall that I just kind of don't want to let it go once um, once the snow starts falling. And have, I think like you, Christy, I've just kind of slowly added some things to my toolkit over the last couple of years, such that I've realized that I can stay really, really comfortable for a while. Um, you know, I think, like last year, I think maybe like February was the only month that we didn't ride very much in Vermont because kind of a combination of mild days um, and just getting the winter kit dialed uh, has really expanded um, our ability to get out, maybe not for quite as long um, or for as many miles, but it's still just um, such a wonderful way to interact with our surroundings here and see just the beauty of our state in a totally different season. That's kind of why I really love to just be able to um, keep it going, even when the landscape looks really different.
3: I mean, you said that perfectly. I find it pretty invigorating. I find it, um, you know, in in the, especially in the darkness of winter, we really need not only to just feel that fresh air, but we also need people. And, um, for me, the bike is a time where I often am, you know, I'm working from home. So the time that I see people or friends is, is by getting out and sharing a ride with someone. And that's one of my favorite ways to spend time with my friends. So, um, yeah, just the invigorating feeling you kind of, sometimes you come away from a ride where The conditions were maybe poor and you feel kind of like a badass because you gutted through it or um, Yeah, you feel a little bit tougher for having done it. So that's kind of can be addicting as well.
4: Yeah, I would echo that last piece, Laura, like I finished yesterday and was like changing out of kind of my soggy stuff and into um, some warmer clothes to drive home in and I was riding with my husband and I just opened the car door and said to him, I was like, I'm on such an endorphin high right now. Like that was so fun because it was harder. Like we kind of had to suffer a little bit. And I think that the payout um, was like that much higher because it wasn't like a beautiful summer sunny day.
2: I think you guys are kind of already giving us one tip and that's, you know, having a riding partner that helps you, you know, drag your butt out the door when, you know, yourself, you can make all the excuses for why you, you're going to go down and get on your trainer inside, or you're going to skip it or whatever. So.
3: That's a huge component. Rachel and I were talking today about what, what are the things that help get us out the door and for sure, more often than not, it's setting a plan with a friend, um, and oftentimes we'll kind of text back and forth. You know, what's the temperature like? What are you feeling? And when Rachel says, "Yeah, I'm in," um, then there's you can't have you know you don't want to be the one with the excuse, so you're like, <laughs> "Rachel's Rachel's going to go," so I guess I am too. Um, but I think what also helps us is we today we Rachel put a route together and sent it to me and. So despite the fact that even though the forecast today said no rain and we ended up getting rained on, we already had our plan and we were, you know, unless things really turned for the worse, we were we were going to finish it and see it through. Um, and so having that route in advance has been, has helpful for us to keep kind of like stay on task.
1: That's, yeah, that's awesome. Um, there was something that you said in there, like, how do you... Um... How do you know, like, is this, or is there re- whether you won't ride in, I guess, or like, this is kind of dangerous or this is a little too much. And then how, also, how do you adjust your rides? Cause I think Rachel, you said they may not be as long because of the colds, like this, weather, I know, like I should do a shorter ride or something like that.
4: Yeah, I think, um, for me, like my two big no-goes are, um, well, maybe three, my, my two big no-goes though are like, if it's going to be really icy, um, just dangerous. And so we'll, we'll stay off. Um, Or we might choose to do something that's like gravel only if we know that maybe the dirt roads are a little softer. Um, We have a lot of gravel options right around here. I live on a dirt road, so I might just like do something short from home um, if I anticipate it's going to be maybe too slippery out on the main roads. Um, The other thing I think about is like, am I gonna do damage to my bike? So if I know that I'm gonna come back and it's just gonna be so trashed and it's gonna be like a disaster to get it cleaned, which we can definitely talk about more later. I know some folks are interested to learn about that. Um, Or like, if I'm just gonna do damage that's gonna like be an expensive fix and I I don't wanna risk that, then I'm gonna opt for the trainer. Um, And then, You know, I put lights on my bike for sure, but if it's late afternoon and um, I'm just not feeling like it's a safe time of day given traffic, um, commuting hours, then that's a no-go for me also.
3: Rachel, you don't think we did damage to our bikes today?
4: (laughs) I think there was enough rain coming down that they were getting cleaned as we were riding, so it was okay.
3: I haven't washed mine yet uh that's what i'm gonna do after this (laughs) um for me i i think 25 degrees is kind of my cutoff, unless i am heading out on a fat bike which i think is really optimal for those cold cold conditions under 25 because you're often on a groomed trail um, in the woods and you're going slower so you have less wind chill and it it can be surprisingly really warm, um, warmer than what it may, might feel like. <laughs> um, I also think it depends regionally where you are because I lived in Seattle for the first twenty eight years of my life, and although so we had a ton of rain, um, but anytime it was icy or potentially snowy, it was a you know the they're not as Prepared for those kinds of conditions, and they don't have the equipment to keep the roads clear, and that's something that's very different here in Vermont, where our roads are generally like regularly salted and treated, and um, after it snows, they're they're cleared right away. So it's often like post post a snow event, we'll go I'll go ride the road on my gravel bike or mountain bike. Um, so yeah, I think that depending on where you live the roads can be better or worse in inclement weather
1: yeah Claire did we have any questions coming in around any of these things uh
3: we have some kind of gear questions that we maybe can sit on for a minute oh, yeah. maybe, since we're going to get to that but everybody seems to
4: agree that riding buddies in cold
3: weather is the way to go
1: hmm. maybe I need to get a riding buddy that'll ride in cold weather with me <laughs> well you know Claire's kind of my riding buddy she's like not me she's
3: taking <laughs> her over there.
1: <laughs> you
3: need to come well, visit Vermont we'll just we'll change everything about change your winter perspective
1: <laughs> yeah, it would really be a change in the winter perspective
3: I'm gonna keep telling you the title of this it's not that bad yeah <laughs> so are we
2: do we want to talk through like clothing options first Catherine is that what you're kind of It thinking? sounds okay. like everybody's yeah. like well I mean that's like to me that's like the basis of the whole thing Is like what you're gonna wear when you go out there to attack this so um yeah I think if we kind of dive into that and and get some good ideas from the, from Rachel and Laura on that yeah good. and you brought show and tell I yeah they do and I have my you know my bed's full too no, I thought so. you were gonna show us your bread oh you want to see the bread <laughs> well they're getting their show it's and like, tell maybe show you show your bread my bread my
1: sourdough loaf. sourdough I love
2: it so, I'm it so beautiful. happy anyway
1: that's, that's for after you ride a nice warm slice of
2: sourdough yeah or you you can have before
4: <laughs> or jersey pocket
2: jersey pocket yep yep so anyway that's all right. yeah another natural transition from christy and catherine <laughs> all right
1: who
3: wants to start talking about gear I'm trying to think of the best place to start. I think we, Rachel and I have been kind of talking about, I don't know, our our guidelines or tips. And I'd say the first one that comes to mind is dressing in layers um, and dressing in smart layers, I guess I would say. And that means layering so that you have um, layers that aren't going to You don't want to be overdressed, right? Like you're thinking about how much you might sweat. um, And sweating can lead to very quickly um, going downhill and getting freezing. Um, So I guess having adequate storage space for those layers so you can kind of moderate your body temperature while riding. Um, I think a lot about in a very extreme example of my husband Ted going and doing this Arctic fat bike adventure where it was, um, some of the coldest temperatures were negative 40 and one of the most important things that they did on that ride was to be really smart about how they regulated. So the whole entire time they were riding it was really important to limit the sweat um, because that was what was going to cause them to get in a really dangerous situation. So at negative 30, 40, whatever, you know, the layers while riding were actually quite minimal. And then they were just kind of regulating, okay, let's not go too hard. Let's stay within this zone that causes, that doesn't cause us to sweat too much. And then immediately upon stopping, putting on a big puffy jacket. So, um, I think if you, Another factor is, like, how hard are you going to be working on the bike? Um, That definitely is something I think about. Am I going to go out and ride in a certain temperature and ride with Ted? (laughs) I'm probably going to take a layer off because I will start sweating really quickly. Um, If I'm going out for myself on an easy day, I might might then be applying another layer. So layering, I find, is very...
4: Yeah, I would... I would definitely agree and you know as time goes on and just kind of trying different combinations i i of course think of it as like in the 40s i've got kind of in my mind what generally feels good based on my experience i've got like my 30s kind of thickness of layers and then 20s is the warmest stuff for me um but then i also think about like the really high impact layers like for me a winter hat Um, and really warm gloves is also then gonna like keep my core, um, maybe allow me to wear a little bit less on my core because I can keep um, the extremities warm. So like having a winter hat and warmer gloves on a day that maybe I know I'm gonna be working a little bit harder um and thus creating more energy in the furnace um but i don't want my i don't want to risk getting the tips of my fingers or my feet um chilly cuz i just really like that's ultimate discomfort for me. Um, So I'll often go a little bit heavier on my extremes and a little bit lighter in the middle. Um, And that's just just comes with kind of personal personal practice. Um, I always, right at the beginning of the season, am really cognizant of what the temperature was on that day, what I wore and how it felt so that I kind of create like a personal barometer for myself. Um, And like, I would recommend even like jotting it down, like, hey, on this day, Um, December 13th it was in the 40s this is what I wore and then like if you're gonna ride a month later or something and you kind of want to like go back to that for reference um that's a good strategy that I know has worked for folks um just so that every single time you're not like wait what what are my layers again or like texting your friend a million times what are you gonna wear I don't know what are you gonna wear I like to kind of establish what my baseline is um just to to help myself learn from my experience (laughs)
3: We still do a fair bit of comparing, contrasting, and second-guessing our decisions. Like today, Rachel showed up to my driveway and I saw she had a vest on, so one extra layer, and I I didn't, and it caused me to go back inside and grab that rain vest, and I'm really glad I did because it ended up raining when it wasn't supposed to. So we're often kind of like, why did you choose that? What Should, we, should I go grab another layer? But speaking of keeping our appendages warm, maybe I show a few different, um, I I just, I guess I want to show all these options of how I keep my hands warm to demonstrate in a cold weather climate. I mean, I never knew, let's see, I have one, two, three, four, five, six glove options, well, glove and pogey barmit options. And I never knew I would have to own so many pairs of different gloves for different uh, weather, temperatures, Um, but this has really helped me to just like hone in my comfort when outside. So we'll start with like just a really light glove that I probably am wearing if it is, well like today when it was around high 40s to 50s, Um, above maybe when it hits about 55 and higher maybe I don't even have to wear a glove or I just wear a no fingered glove. And then I have Another, this is a Velocio, I believe, Zero Glove. It's an older edition. Um, I would choose this when it's, oh, 42 to 49. And I thought, I I have- You have a chart of like- I've I've really honed this in. This is what we do. We like, you really, after many cold cold rides, learn like where it kind of stops working. Um, Then 45 North makes, kind of for me the ultimate cold weather gear so this glove is probably the glove in Vermont winter that I wear the most often Um, and I would say it is 30 degrees 30 to 40 degrees and we have the deeper winter glove and that is 25 to 30 degrees and that's almost
2: like a lobster glove
3: almost yeah yeah Yeah. It has the two fingers. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Rachel has a mitten, which is also nice Mm -hmm. if you you feel like you could still have enough dexterity with the mitten. Um, And then when you really want to get serious, these bar mitts, um, it's not very fun to always have to take them on and off the bike. So I haven't yet put them on because we haven't had serious cold temperatures yet. But if you really have circulation problems or issues with keeping your fingers warm I would highly recommend these you often will wear a light glove underneath but you really are not going to need much because these are incredible at blocking the wind and will really keep your hands toasty warm and then the big dogs these are like I mean they're like putting your hand inside a pillow um these are 45 north pogies (laughs)
1: do you shift your bike with that on
2: mm-hmm.
3: oh i ride single track with these on so what's cool is you don't really even notice them because um the bar the ha- the mountain bike bar passes straight through and comes out the other end and so when i'm riding i mean it's like a pillow around me but i'm still holding on to my bar like i'm regularly riding I it's it's not very noticeable um and my hands actually get so hot in these that Mm -hmm. I've at times had to take my glove completely off and just like just have a bare hand inside um so the and I've ridden in negative 10 um so yeah these are like I don't know if it gets much warmer than that (laughs) impressive
4: (laughs) I would just add like in terms of of packing to go out for a ride. Um, like today, we knew we would be out for between three and four hours. And it was relatively warm, but still what I would consider winter conditions. Um, so I started really light uh, with um, a thin, like non-inflated glove, but even feeling really confident that that would probably be enough. I still, I brought um, a bar bag today. Like I put this on the um, mm-hmm. on the front of my my bag, which I think is wonderful. For this time of year and i brought a warmer pair of gloves also because i you know from a safety standpoint like didn't want to get into a situation even though i was pretty darn confident that my hands would stay warm i wanted to be sure that you know if and they got cold or if we had like a, a bike issue and we were going to be standing still for longer than we anticipated i'd still maintain dexterity so that when we got back on our bikes i wouldn't be miserable and like in an unsafe situation where I. Couldn't shift or use my brakes properly. Um, I always bring a second option, um, even if I've made my selection for the day.
3: Well, we both packed a puffy down jacket in our little bar bag because we really are big fans of going to get a pastry or a coffee. And right now, it's all outdoor that you know you're you're not actually drinking your coffee inside. So, in order to still enjoy our treats, we pack our down. Down jackets
2: and those are waterproof bags in case it starts raining mm-hmm.
3: yeah yeah
2: that is one change I make in the winter <laughs> my typical saddlebag comes off and I put on a much longer Sedaro saddle saddlebag that actually kind of acts as a fender but also no. I you know I put my toolkit down in there but then I can also take that extra pair of gloves the down jacket all that stuff because I I know myself I'm going to overdress. I hate to be cold. So I'd rather start off too warm and as soon as I feel, oh, okay, I'll stop and shed a layer and put it in there. But that's that's my trick to getting myself out the door is that I don't like starting off cold because it takes me so long to warm up. I'd rather start off but but it's true as soon as you start feeling that, you know, you start sweating, you want to shed some layers. And so I'm I'm pretty cognizant of that and will hop off the bike fairly quickly and throw it into that, that extra size saddle bag that I, that I put on for the winter. So.
4: Yeah. Christy, I'm glad you said that because like, there's totally no shame in wearing the layers that you brought, <laughs> like the last yeah. couple i rides I've gone on. Like once I've, you know, I've put my down puffy on as soon as I stop for coffee. And then like, if I want to wear it for, you know, the first wear, few it. Months, wear it, I carried it. And I said that to you today, Laura, I was like, I'm like a little cold, but not super cold, but you know what? Like, I'm carrying and I'm going to wear it.
2: Yeah. I think Lisa said in our, in our chat, I saw something come through about, there's no shame in being on the trainer either. You know, I mean, if it's, it's cold and you're all. not comfortable, get on your trainer. Like there's no, there's no shame in in that. Um, and, but I do think that extra challenge of yourself of trying to see what it's like to experiment with the cold weather riding is, is just another facet of your cycling that you can grow into. Um, you don't have to go out on your first winter ride and go for a four hour ride. You can go for 30 minutes and just get a feel for what what being out there is like. And you may actually find out that you you really like it and you enjoy that that challenge of like, oh, I figured something out for me that that I hadn't planned on doing. Um, but yeah, that's like I the my trick is that I overdress and then I shed. So.
3: Um, we were going to touch on indoor riding a little bit, but maybe before we do that, we, we talk a little bit more about gear.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to like get the feet too. Cause that was another question people yeah. were asking a lot, like cold feet,
3: my emergency backup, or sometimes even what I start out with that I, and you may or may not like the environmental component to this, but I do have those chemical hand warmers for emergency. Mm-hmm. Most of the time with me just in case is like my backup because I've gotten into situations where maybe it's a rainstorm and suddenly your gloves are soaking wet and you don't have that much time until um, things are really going south. So I have those and um, what else was I going to say? Oh, as for feet, um, we're going to talk a little, a couple about a couple different options, but they do make the chemical like the chemical hand warmer version for your toes, which have an adhesive. And, um, I found that you have your shoe. And then if you actually put it on top of your shoe, you can also put it on your foot. But if you put it on top top of your shoe with the booty over it, um, that can really work well to keep your toes warm. And that is, I don't use that as often because I have like a very, oh, actual winter boot, mm-hmm. but. That's kind of an option if you if you haven't yet invested that's, in a winter boot.
1: That's a really smart option though because way back I have ridden outside when it's really cold. When I did iron when I first was doing an Ironman, uh, I was telling Laura about this over uh, messages and I I it was a really really cold winter for Georgia that winter, and so <laughs> somebody was and I was brand new to riding and somebody was like, hey, just get these feet warmer things. And I put it in my shoe and I got about six miles in and my foot felt like it was on fire. <laughs> and I had to stop and take it out. I was like, my foot is going to explode. It is on fire. Not the best idea to put it next to your skin when there's a shoe that's there. Yeah. They so get like really warm.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think the same goes um, with kind of what I show- what I showed you with gloves. It's, I mean, you can do the same thing with your feet. You know, they have light booties, rain booties, very insulated neoprene booties. And then you can move into um, insulated shoes. Like 45 North makes a couple different versions where it's a temperature range. Like they have a shoe called the Ragnarok that's good till 25 degrees. And then they have like, it looks like almost a snowboard boot. But if you really like Ted used it when he was riding in the Arctic, but um if you really want to keep your feet warm, they they have options out there for everything.
4: I am a I'm a neoprene booty person. Um I use these Fulaggio um neoprene booties like pretty much every day right now. Um thick sock um my mountain bike shoes and the neoprene booty like works really well for me um i definitely like tighten my shoes less um i leave them mm-hmm. quite a bit looser so i can move my toes around and kind of generate some warmth that way um that's just my little trick i've got a pair of those 45 North on on my christmas list so hopefully santa delivers for that
3: <laughs> uh, but i'm still waiting <laughs> and i i tend to opt for a pretty thin wool sock um below yeah. makes a really nice one that i have but um and then go heavier on, I was, I, I wore the same zero booty that Rachel just showed today. And Rachel opted with, to go without booties. And, we, and I had said, it's rare to me that my feet are ever too, like uncomfortably hot in, in the winter. So I opted to go for a heavier barrier just in case.
2: Well, and all, all of your base layers are probably either wool or some sort of a, a, a wicking material. Because that's
3: just—I mean—that's I, mean, I think—is—is crucial—is—that's right—is that piece of it. So, I think, um, I think, f- by and large, for both of us, we are like go-to winter attire. Usually, is a long-sleeve base layer that's wicking with some sort of um, jacket that has some windproof element to it. Um, would you agree with that, Rachel? Yeah, the windproof material is
4: key. Um, A lot of the, you know, cycling specific um, will have like a windproof or a thicker layer, maybe even insulated slightly um, on the front and then not on the back, um, which is just one benefit of purchasing cycling specific. Um, You know, a lot of folks, um, myself included at times, you know, or as you're kind of transitioning more into winter riding, will use like cross-country skiing gear or just generally skiing gear. But one big benefit to, to moving to cycling specific um, is that, you know, it, they they have engineered it such that, you know, you're warm and toasty on the front and then letting off some cool air in the back. Um, uh, just gonna add one other thing. Keep going, Laura. Uh, <laughs> well, it's really
1: smart though, because just, again I don't ride a ton in the cold but it, it can like especially when you start riding you can be standing in the parking lot and be like this isn't that bad and then you're like oh yeah I forgot that there's like wind <laughs> like oh I'm riding my bike or like I go down a hill <laughs> I'm like yeah oh. that's that's what I was going to add
4: was was windproof material um on my hands like my favorite pair of cycling gloves is um is, is a pair that's windproof. I mean, think about it. It's like right out in front of you. That's absorbing so much, and you know, you don't have a lot going on in your fingers in terms of, um, you know, for me, circulation or insulation. So, um, the windproof is definitely something to look for when you're purchasing.
3: And then when it, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say when it comes to tights, we have a couple different um, thermal tight options, right? Like we have the. We both wear Velocio, either the thermal bibs or an even heavier zero bibs, which actually I won't even wear generally unless it's colder than zero. 30, <laughs> yeah. colder than 30 degrees. Yeah. Um, and then I was talking with my friend Sonia Looney today and she lives in British Columbia and she, I saw the other day, she was talking about her rain pants. So she, she loves Rain pants, and she said that Seven Mesh makes a really good pair. I've never tried rain pants, but I thought it was intriguing, especially if you're in a place where it rains a lot.
2: Well, and part of the reason I like those bibs from Velocio is the fact that um, you don't have to disrobe to go to the bathroom, and in the oh. winter that is a hundred percent key. Um, you know, as soon as you have to start taking off layers, you're you're losing all that warmth, um, and that that fly free bib. Um, even more than in the summer is just absolutely critical i think in the winter and you know i've i've had a lot of women ask me about those and <clears throat> i mean it's an investment for sure um, but the other great thing about a really nice pair of, of winter riding bibs like that if you think about it you're probably going to be able to wear them for several years so it's not like you're spending that kind of money every single year and unless that's 100% what you're doing all the time um you know mine have lasted for a long time and the pair I had before these the only reason I got rid of them was because of the the fly free drop
3: yeah so the functionality in those is so simple because you literally just have to pull the back of the bib down you don't have to like unclip um I mean there are other options out there where you mm-hmm. can unattach but it's a little more complicated but these are just really easy you just squat and pull it down
2: <laughs> I'd give a demonstration but I don't think anybody wants to see this <laughs>
3: We might get kicked off of Facebook.
2: Yeah, but. that's
3: true. <laughs>
1: have, we, have we had any specific questions around any of this come in, Claire? I know there are
3: tons of... Uh, yeah, so there's... Someone asked what about um
4: like merino wool sports bras specifically. If you had any recommendations? Ooh. And Someone else asked about Embro. They said they used mm. it for cyclocross, but is it um, practical
0: for gravel riding?
3: I mean, Embro's great. I would say Embro was was something I would use like in Northern California when I lived there. And it was on a cold day in the fifties and you'd wanted to wear, um, you didn't want to wear leg warmers or something. Um, I don't know about Embro mixing with an actual like full tight or, um, tell
1: people what Embro is really quickly if they don't know.
3: It's kind of like icy hot. It has like that warming effect. It's a topical, um, I don't know how do you explain it. Topical, like almost not lotion, but like like it's a cream. It's like a cream mm -hmm. that gives sort of a warming sensation, and it's not Um, going to wash off. (laughs) Yeah, and it burns in the shower if you (laughs) don't kind of wipe it off first. So yeah, I I I like that when it's not real winter. I didn't. I don't find that actually like something that would keep me legitimately warm. Sports
4: bras recommendations. Man, I'm on. I'm on the quest for the perfect uh, winter (laughs)
2: riding sports bra.
4: Yeah, Um, I wear a. um, My favorite is a ibex. um, Makes a nice wool kind of um, not totally seamless, but pretty um, like low, low, low material as close close to seamless as I've gotten, which I really like.
2: Yeah, I'll have to hunt those down.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I like vests a whole lot because, well, especially like we're, the kind of weather that we have in Georgia, and then you can open it up. So it all it does all depend on what, but that gives me that same kind of core warmth. I think as a warmer bra might.
3: When it drops below like sixty-two, you mean?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have a few days. I'm so that. glad you called her out, Laura, because I'm like I'm always the one that does that stuff, and I'm like I'm always. I'm, I, I told Laura I was like,
3: yeah. I don't really ride my
1: bike when it when I can't wear my shorts,
3: <laughs> but I'm also hot in nature. Well, maybe that's a good segue into when do we ride indoors or when would we choose or what? Look at Laura King. <laughs> like,
1: like She is like the queen of transitions here. She was a triathlete. You're
0: going to have to come on the podcast. <laughs> hey, I'm now, that's a
3: secret. We don't, we don't talk about that secret. <laughs> It's why, it's why I suck at
2: transitions, Laura. I've never been a triathlete. <laughs> Just give me the gravel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. Well, riding. Talk about
3: indoor riding. You know, I love the trainer, especially when I want to do something focused and like, an, like a real good workout in the winter, right? Because then you're taking away the element of having to deal with um, – the weather conditions obviously or the road conditions um i mean the other day i was out with ted and we're riding on a pretty ice packed or snow packed dirt which was not conducive to trying to do any kind of Mm -hmm. focused workout um so yeah if i want to just get some intervals in um, i think the trainer is a good tool for that um how about you rachel
4: yeah um my i mean my time is pretty limited monday through friday so to be able to like literally just put on like the bare minimum for clothing not not having to go through that whole process of checking the weather and you know trying on three different outfits before i've made my decision getting the bike already and then having to you know clean it off after um just time efficiency to be able to just come down into the basement and get it done really quickly um, is huge for me. Um, the other thing that I love is like midwinter. There's nothing better than just um, wearing shorts and a t-shirt or just shorts and a sports bra and like feeling super sweaty and hot <laughs> in your basement. Like, I just love that feeling of, you know, it's almost like going to a pool in the midwinter. Um, it just feels really nice. So, um, yeah, a couple of days a week it, it does does feel good, and you know to be able to watch a show or um, you know do something else while you're riding too can be can be nice if you're short on time. Or if you can't find if you can't find a
3: riding buddy, um, mm. it's really hard. Sometimes I don't I can't motivate myself to get outside. I want to be yeah. comfortable.
2: <laughs> I think I found it as a good place to really work on my cadence and pedal stroke because I can really focus. So it's like during the winter I kind of come back to honing some of those skills that I've gotten a little bit lazy on. Um, and then, you know, my big tip on the winter, you know, trainer rides on the trainer is that's where I get to catch up on all the shows I don't watch. And I only let myself watch them when I'm on the trainer. So it motivates me to get down there and, and get on the trainer. And, and a lot of times for me, it's like what you said, Rachel, it's the time, like it's dark, it's, it's dark for, it feels like all the hours. (laughs) And so You know, being able to go down at 6 a.m. and and knock out your workout is a, there's also something really, really good about that, like feeling very accomplished from getting that done.
1: Yeah, I do actually ride the trainer quite a lot in the winter. Um, And a lot of it started just this time because like during the week, just like everybody else, like if you don't have a lot of flexibility in your job, which for a time I didn't, um, but I really like the intervals. Like I usually, um, I've done Zwift and I've done um, the Summerfest. Wahoo has like a Summerfest, and they have a lot of workouts in there. And so I'll, and they have training plans in it too. So if you're like, I want to build my FTP or I want to build my endurance, so if you have a smart trainer, um, you know you can like calculate your uh, power and you can see improvement. So that's kind of cool. Um, to see over the winter time, especially. Cool. Well, um, I have a couple more questions that are related a little bit more to riding outdoors. Uh, one just around like hydration, nutrition, all that. Cause it gets a little wonky, more wonky in the winter. So how do you stay on top of those things? Um, maybe if you're riding in 25, keep your water bottles from freezing Laura. Um, so yeah, let's start there.
4: Yeah. I can start with that one. I, um, speaking of water bottles, I always start with, with hot water in my, in my bottles, not boiling water, but like, I just turn the tap over to warm. And so, um, for at least the first part of the ride, I've got, um, you know, slightly warmer water, which just makes it easier for me to drink. It's really hard for me to drink enough water and stay hydrated. So, um, to put like, a um, you know, some kind of juicer drink mix in there that's going to taste good and also be a temperature that feels good going down into my belly um, is really key. Um, I have put um, actually like gotten a thermos that's the size of a cage um, and used that before. Um, I've put like hot tea in the thermos. There's a, um, I think salsa makes a anything cage that actually has like some straps Mm -hmm. on it that you can um, put any size thorus onto your bike if you wanted to do that kind of thing. Um, and then in terms of the nutrition, it's like making sure that every you know, 30, 45 minutes I'm having a snack. Um, I find that I'm, burning a lot more calories, working harder, Um, even if I don't feel like I am, because I'm not sweating as much in the winter um, as I would be on a summer day. I really have to be cognizant of making sure that I'm taking in um, some calories more frequently um, or I'll get home and be even more famished than like a hard workout in the summer. Like this afternoon, Laura, um, I found that like I have been snacking like crazy. And I'll also always like make myself a hot tea or something that I can enjoy as soon as I finish the ride. So right when I got into my car this afternoon, um, riding with you, Laura, I had a hot drink waiting for me um, in a thermos that was totally essential on the way home.
3: I have a, I mean, I'm really trying to be cognizant about hydrating during riding because I'm just not thirsty in the cold and it's I basically I have to will I have to tell myself to drink even though I don't want it. Um otherwise I mean we went on a really long ride a month ago where we all got through what 5 or 6 hours of riding and realized that we drank less than two water bottles. Um that wasn't good, but it it's just that shows how hard it is to really stay on top of hydration because you you don't want to drink something cold when it is cold out. Um and here, most of the time in winter, if we don't start with an insulated bottle, our, our water will freeze. So um, it's not really an option to, to head out without something that's insulated. And um, also plug untapped ginger mapleade. Um, the ginger, I love it because it has a little bit of like a effect in your throat where it feels kind of like warm, the bite of the ginger. So that's one of my go-to Beverages.
1: Yeah. You know what's not good in cold weather? Gummy bears. Not a good <laughs> idea.
4: <laughs> well, I, I did. It's funny you said that, Catherine, because I did reach for a snack um, that I knew, like the bar that I was going for this morning. I was like, eh. That's, this is not a good day for one of those. That might be frozen solid block. And then I'll just carry it around for several hours and not be able to gnaw into it. So <laughs> yummy cookies, like things from, things from, you know, the, the actual kitchen, especially this time of year, yeah. like brought yummy molasses cookies um, that my husband had made today and had that with our coffee when we stopped, which was really warming and delicious.
3: We rarely meet to ride without Rachel delivering some sort of homemade baked treat for me to put in my pocket, which is always fun, (laughs) she's a good friend. Well, maybe we, uh, maybe we also talk about, um, I, we had a other, a few other tips written down, like in the winter, it's darker. Just talking about, we often opt for brighter colors when we're out on the road and always a rear light, um, fenders. I rode with Ted the other day and he had fenders and I did not. And well, the photo was actually used for the the, uh, social media for this event because I was completely covered in mud and he had not a speck on him because the front wheel, my front wheel was just like throwing up mud the entire time. So he asked if uh, I would like to invest in some fenders for my bike and I said yes. And, you know, also that just, I mean, it's, yes, it's nice to not get muddy, but it's also, you get a lot less wet, which equals not getting as cold. Yeah. Yeah. So that's even more important.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask about like, what if you hit Creek crossings or something where you're like, normally I would just ride through that Creek, but I might end up wet if I ride through that Creek.
4: Oh, we had to do Rachel. Yeah, about- <laughs> it's like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> what a personal preference question. <laughs> um, I I am generally a if it's safe. Um, yeah, I mean it depends on like what the stream looks like. But when Laura and I hit one in a little organized ride, maybe a couple months ago, um, I I advocated for a shoes off crossing. Um, because I was really nervous about how slippery the rocks were. And I was, I convinced myself that if I tried to cross in my cleats, I would, I would fall. Um, so I took off my shoes and socks, rolled up my, um, I think I was just wearing like knee warmers, um, and, and went for it. Um, you know, I stuffed my shoes and socks into my jacket and, and carried my bike across um but there's definitely the school of thought that leave it all on just get wet and you'll warm all that sock and shoe up once you start moving again and that'll provide warm insulation but i'm it's generally not,
3: not my <laughs> that's it was cold enough that day that i was i was worried about getting the socks and shoes fully wet so i t- i followed rachel's lead
1: claire do we have any other uh burning questions coming in on any of this stuff
4: um what about studded tires in the snow thoughts on those same tires all year round i um i use the on my gravel bike a vittoria torino dry tires they're they're a 38 but they're um they're technically a 38 but they ride more like a 42 and that's generally just like what i leave on i don't i don't go to studded
3: yeah i'd say probably it differs regionally um I haven't found the need to have studded tires here in Vermont. And if roads are ever icy, we often will jump on our mountain bikes. So just for extra stability and, um, yeah, we can generally find roads with good, with good enough traction without needing, without needing studs. So one of,
2: um, my questions would be, you know, obviously when you're talking about the winter gear, it's expensive. Um, to get into this appropriately, what would you suggest be your first, like one or two purchases that are kind of like this will this will make your ride more comfortable and you can get out, um, and then you know grow your collection from there. So if somebody was looking for a Christmas gift and knew they were just going to get one thing, one or two things, what would you recommend?
3: I would suggest a winter shoe. Um, that's just made a huge difference in my riding comfort level here in Vermont?
4: Um, I would, the the low cost um, option for um, a fender would be an ass saver, which is just kind of that. That, it, that. Yeah, it's a piece of plastic that um, is maybe a foot long and um, slides right under your saddle and just kind of clips in, I think they sell them for like 12 bucks. Um, um, yeah, that's, the brand is literally called ass saver. <laughs>
1: What about you, Christy? What would you say? Like, Oh, my first one would be the, those thermal bibs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um.
4: The, um, my other go-to in terms of apparel would be um, like a, a cycling specific soft shell jacket. I love, love, love my Velocio soft shell and I wear that most days just because I think that it's really versatile for, you know, kind of the whole temperature range and I get a lot of wear out of that yeah. one, that one piece. Yeah.
1: And we do have, Claire's going to drop the link in the chat, but Blocho is giving us a code and they also have like a winter layering guide. So it kind of tells you what to wear at what different temperatures. So you can go in to that. If you go to that link, it's the girls can link specifically. Um, and it is expensive, but yeah, I, again, my lack of writing in the winter, but a night, a good jacket is a lifesaver, I think. And they're, it's different than when you ride, like with your puffy coat or something. Cause I have seen people show up in their puffy coats, Mm -hmm. in Georgia, and they end up way too hot, too fast. Um, I found like some, some tips of cheapening things up. Like I have a lot of those, um, running shirts that are, you know, uh, the wicking shirts, like long sleeve running shirts, that'll be what I'll wear as a base layer. They're real Mm -hmm. thin. So they, you know, kind of do the same thing. Um, and then, um, always like really good at ear warmers or a hat or something has always been really helpful <clears throat> for me when I've gone out in the cold, because I'm in the South, I can get away with knee warmers or like warmers most of the time. And literally, like, even when it's colder, I typically end up taking them off. But I also have a friend <laughs> that I ride with that is like teeny tiny and she'll show up like full like she could probably ride with you in Vermont and what she's decked in. So it also, you, you do have to learn what works for your body. No, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. the Velocio cycling cap, uh, the winter cycling cap is one of my favorite pieces because it has like flaps that go over your ears and it's just really insulated and yeah. it's amazing Rachel's how much heat. Oh yeah. Marichel's modeling it. Look at it's that. amazing how much warmth and insulation you can add by putting something on your head. And it's amazing how much you can cool yourself off by taking that off.
2: You can run and hike in it too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and the Velocio stuff all has a a fit guarantee, which is, I think is critical when you're looking at spending that kind of money so that you can try it out for 30 days. And if you don't like it, send it back. So, um, I mean, that's, it is it's expensive so if you're gonna if you're gonna spend the money i know a lot of times you're you know you're getting ready to spend that kind of money and you're like well i don't know if i'm gonna like it like a pair of handlebars or a saddle or anything like that so if you know that you have the backup plan of being able to send it back and get your money back you really don't have much to lose um which is super nice yeah so. uh, yeah
1: and there are other good products besides sure. those, you know, we all have used i use several different kinds of products but i know that we all have used their products and really like the quality and we've had Olivia on before and just some of the things that the company stands for. If you're watching live, you have met my cat now that you hear us (laughs) talk about in some of the podcast recordings. She's made her appearance. Um, well we've gone over so much stuff and we've been on for about an hour. So, um, I think we should probably cut it. We could probably keep talking about writing in cold weather and answering questions for another uh, hour, but, uh, Before we go, Laura, I do want to, so this is our last podcast recording of the, of 2020. It will come out on the 22nd and then we won't come back until I think January 12th, Christy, something like that. It's a little ways away. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a two week break basically, but you have something big that's happening before we come back, Laura. So do you want to tell us about, uh, what's happening in Vermont?
3: (laughs) Well, uh, yes, Catherine. Thank you. That was a good we, transition. Right? <laughs> um, we my well, Ted um and our good friend Kristen, we all run Rooted Vermont, which is a gravel event here in Vermont that showcases everything that is amazing about the state and gravel. And um it's a there's a big big party afterwards. Um we would love to invite you to come see our state and see our community and um, Rachel is actually on the podium of our inaugural year Um, and we will be opening a lottery for the remaining slots because we had to transfer over our participants from 2020 since that event didn't happen and we'll have a lottery for the remaining slots January 4th through 6th Um, and you can find out more details at rootedvermont.com
1: and it's in August not in the middle of winter
3: yes sorry it is uh the event date is august 1st
1: so you do not have to take your cold weather gear <laughs>
3: <laughs> you
4: should take it <laughs> no the kings and uh, kristen ordered up the the best quintessential vermont weather um for their inaugural event and uh i'm sure they've put in their order again <laughs> perfect
2: i'm looking forward to it i was bummed we didn't get to go this last year so mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, we hope to 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 see all of you. Also, um, Rachel and I put together some links for some of the products that we are go-tos or that we really feel like are integral to us and our winter riding. Um, So we'd be happy to share those afterwards.
1: Awesome. How do people find you? What are your social media places?
3: Uh, I am Laura Cameron King on Instagram or Laura King anywhere else. Rachel's is the best.
4: <laughs> I'm uh, Nancy underscore leg power on Instagram.
1: <laughs> you have to tell us the story of that. Okay <laughs> uh,
4: so in so right before actually right before I moved um, back to Vermont um, and met Laura I first found her um, on Instagram when I was I lived in Oslo Norway for one year And um, while I was there, I um, saw that there was an advertisement for a local Norwegian film director who was um, seeking a 30-something blonde American cyclist to play a small supporting role in a Norwegian film, and I was like, that's so weird that I think I have to audition for it. I have zero acting experience in my whole life. Um, but I was like, okay, this is gonna be my weird thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. Um, and lo and behold, I was casted for the role of Nancy Legpower, um, which is the uh, like genius Norwegian film director's um, female, fictional female equivalent of um, Lance Armstrong um, in this uh, amazing, amazing, hilarious film that she produced um, about a Norwegian doping scandal.
1: That's Don't amazing. Where can people find, is this on Amazon Prime? <laughs> can we okay, it?
4: It's on, no, it's not on Amazon Prime. Gosh, my, a friend of mine tracked it down and we watched it this summer. What's um, it called? It's called, um, it's called 110% Honest is the name of the film. I'll send you the trailer.
1: This could be a good (laughs) trainer
4: ride. Oh, yeah. I can't pronounce the name of the film in Norwegian, but it literally translates to the domestique. And then for um, English-speaking audiences, they they gave it the title 110% Honest. It's really funny. I love it. Okay, well, if you're looking for a movie to watch
0: over
1: Christmas on your trainer or to motivate you to go outside, maybe 110% Honest, (laughs) <laughs> and Claire, thank you so much for joining us and monitoring the chat and all okay, the things today. That. And Yay. thanks everybody for showing up for our last podcast recording of 2020. We will see y'all in 2021. Woo-hoo. The Girls Gone Gravel podcast is a production of Live Feisty Media. Subscribe, like, and comment on your listing platform. Our producer is Taylor Mayhem Rudolph. You can follow us on all the socials at Girls Gone Gravel or visit our website at girlsgonegravel.com.